Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Are you ready? This is the Really Riley Podcast. Woo! Happy Wednesday. This week is going by fast and I'm grateful for it because it seems like last week was just a lot with Easter and spring break for the kiddo and just everything going on. I'm always grateful for like a week that's just like, okay, the weekend's here. We got this. Like it seems as though I am working hourly more than I did when I was in regular radio. Not complaining because I'm super grateful for you know, all the things that keep me busy and keep my mind active and feed my family. But, ugh, damn, last week was a lot. But I am excited for tonight because I have got another edition of Riley's Fave 5. Seems like you guys liked me bringing that back. I'm going to have a website up very soon where the links are going to be posted for that. I'm just, eh, all things with time, you know? It's like there's a lot that goes into this when it's not like readily packaged for you the way that it was with radio. But, it's, it's on its way, my friends, I promise. But until then, I'm posting it on my Instagram at Really Riley Podcast if you want to check that out. Um, but then we also, it's Wednesday, so it's Ask Riley. This is something that I started, I don't know, three years ago when I was in regular radio. And it was just basically started because I've made every single wrong term one possibly can in life. But somehow it's semi-worked out. Or if it hasn't, <laughs> in the way of whatever is right and wrong in life, I don't know. But I definitely have acquired a lot of um, experience to give you guys some advice or hopefully you guys just trust me to tell you the truth, even if I haven't been through what you've been going through. So without further ado, you guys seem to like it when I did, you know, just free form that I just asked you the questions, um, like just straight up shorthand off of Instagram. Um, but also I never ignore your emails at reallyreallypodcast at gmail.com. Um, we also have a few of those that I'm going to save in the pipe maybe for next week. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Um, somebody said, have you seen the dumpster fire that is Sandoval and the Howie Mandel interview? Okay. So we're talking about Vanderpump rules here. So yes, we are Bravo fans around this here. Really Riley corner of the world. Yes, I saw it. And oh my God. Okay. So hopefully by now you have been, you know, somewhat abreast with the whole Scandoval saga as they're calling it on Bravo and, uh, like, okay, so if you're not familiar with Vanderpump Rules, please get familiar. There's so much binge-worthy stuff there, but basically there was just a cheating scandal, and within this latest season, the scandal involved Tom Sandoval, who was with Ariana Maddox for nine years and some change. They never got married. She didn't want to. They have a house together. Basically, they were married. They were together for like 10 years and shared everything other than just a ring and a piece of paper. Um, And then Raquel Levis whom everybody else is calling Rachel because that's her real name, but she changed it to Raquel. Um, they had an affair. But within the season, Tom Schwartz, who is one of the duo of Tom Tom, they own a restaurant together, or like one third of it, thanks to Lisa Vanderbump. Um, but they're like besties. They've been besties for forever. And he was married to um, Katie Maloney. Lots of names thrown out here, but I'm trying to explain it so where it would like uh, other people would be understanding of what's going on. Um, supposedly after they divorced, which is the thing that they're showing this season, Raquel and Tom Schwartz, the dopey one, as I call him, like he's really nice, but he's just kind of like, dipper, 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 dipper. and Tom Sandoval is like the narcissist of the group. Um, they were supposedly Raquel and Tom Schwartz were supposedly hooking up, but then it's later come out that like, that was just all a farce. 
And that was just basically them being like decoys so that Tom uh, Sandoval could still hook up with Raquel Levis and not like have Ariana know. Ugh. But in that interview, Tom Schwartz said that Sandoval tried to break up with Ariana many times and she wouldn't let him go and that he knew about the affair as per like a trip that was supposed to be a boy's trip, but then Tom Sandoval brought Raquel with. Uh, and then Tom brought like his girlfriend or maybe supposed alleged girlfriend along. But he was kind of like being there for Sandoval. And I get it, it's his best friend, but he's like, oh man, you know, you guys going against him, it's just been so much. And oh, you know, if you see him, give him a hug. Like what? No, bruh. Like, no, like you were married. As far as we know, you didn't cheat within the marriage. There was like lots of stuff going on that you cheated before, but there's just nothing about what he's done that you can condone. Let's just say you're not a pump rules fan. It's just, you never condone somebody blatantly cheating on their significant other in their house, in their bed. Like, and the craziest part about it is, is that Sandoval years before With Kristen, remember her? He was with her for like six or seven years, and she cheated on him with his best friend, Jax, in their bed. There's actually clips going around on TikTok talking about this. Like, haha, karma. Ugh. And I get it that Schwartz is business partners with Tom in a couple of restaurants. There's Tom Tom, and then there's the Schwartz and Sandy's that they just opened up, which is probably doing terribly, because who wants to go in there? And who wants to like support this guy doing this? It's just like, okay, if love falls out of your relationship after nine years, it was like not a secret that Sandoval wanted to get married and have kids. Ariana didn't want that. But he always said like, this is it. You're it for me. You know, this woman now doesn't feel safe, like in her own space, safe to trust people, safe to trust herself. Because she already had a bunch of issues from her past with really bad relationships that were abusive, like bad, bad, bad stuff. And he's always like, literally as far as two episodes ago he was like oh that's my girl when her dog passed away when her dog passed away you were already like maybe screwing this girl Raquel and you guys have been out there he said Tom Schwartz the derp derp Tom Tom (laughs) Schwartz said like he got blatant about it after a while and was like told me that he was in love with Raquel and he's like Raquel is his heroine or, you know, he's addicted to her. And I'm like, oh, because heroin always works out well, right? Being addicted to anything or anyone always works out well. I just, ew. I mean, it makes for great television. Like, damn. It's, ugh, I just, I can't wait. Can't wait for the reunion. Cannot wait for it. And I wish I had the money to go to BravoCon this year. But, it, uh, yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on that. Um, another one of you guys said, would you rather have a rat in your kitchen or a roach in your bed? Excuse me. What? Okay. I don't do rats. I don't do rodents. I didn't have that or a roach in your bed. So I grew up in Florida. That's pro- that's like close to happening before palmetto bugs that fly that get in your house, no matter what you do in Florida, no matter how many screens or protectants you have, the roaches don't really scare me. Like, I know that's nasty. I would just, you know, burn the sheets or, or like wash them rats however those gnaw through shit they like I, I don't know how many horror movies i've seen maybe one of the saw movies or whatever or like what was that movie where they put a, a rat in like a hole to torture them they were like in handcuffs or like in chains or whatever and it was like medieval shit i think it what was it oh it was game of thrones where like 
I think. Anyway, where that like the rat had to eat through a hole and then eat their innards, like blah, 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 blah. biggest fear ignited. Like, nope, nope, nope. I'll take the roach any day. Um, uh, girl, would you rather walk in on your parents or have them walk in on you? Oh, okay. Well, full disclosure, mom, I hope you're not listening. I have walked in on my parents when I was like six. So neither to date, probably have them walk in on me. You know, because it, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, walking on me, I guess. Wow. Damn, y'all. I get it's really Riley. We keep it real. I will answer mostly anything if I'm legally allowed to. Um, did you leave the show? Good terms. Um, I did not leave. I was fired. Good terms. Uh, no. Um, no. Um, Another one of you guys said, lately feeling like my fiance is distant. I don't know how to talk about it. Missing the honeymoon phase. Ooh, girl. So the honeymoon phase is such like, it's, it's, it's like that first hit of heroin, which I've talked to you just now about addiction and how that never ends up well. I'm not saying this in any way for this couple because I see such a beautiful, bright, amazing future. But yes, like I have often talked to my husband about the honeymoon phase, um, especially because we were fiancés longer than we were boyfriend, girlfriend, or have been husband and wife. Um, we got engaged after six months, got very serious really quick, and it was magical, like, to me. Like, just everything worked, everything jived, everything was good, we got engaged, and then everything went to shit. And I don't mean that my life or my marriage or my relationship was shit. I just mean that was wherein all the problems rolled in. I've talked to you guys at nauseum about this with the avascular necrosis surgery, with our miscarriages, with family problems, pandemic, now getting fired and losing my dog. Like, but what I mean by that is we have only been together four years. So our honeymoon phase was real short. And that's the time that you're supposed to like remember when they're annoying the shit out of you. <laughs> Cause it's gonna happen when you're married to somebody. It's just it just is what happens. And I actually have a very large wedding photo up my stairs, like going up our staircase because every time I glance over it, I remember that moment. I'm like, okay, I actually do like you. I do love you a lot. Um, but the honeymoon phase of missing it is really hard because everything is so dazzling and everything is possible and everything is so beautiful and it's lovey-dovey and it is something you get addicted to and in, in a good way, I guess, if you can get have addiction be good at all. Um, just, yeah, like we, when we got engaged, there were so many big things. Like within all the shit though, like what I said, there's so many big things that we did really fast. Like engaged, then we were pregnant, you know, then we weren't, but then we were planning a wedding. Then we postponed the wedding because there was Malin. So then there was the glorious time of the birth of baby Malin. Then there was our wedding. And within that, we bought our house. Like we didn't get to go on the big, you know, Grecian vacation that we wanted to for our honeymoon first world problems I know because we had Malin you know and it seemed as though the minute that we got back from our honeymoon it was like life just returned to normal and I talked about post-wedding depression being a real thing before on the podcast because when that magic like goes away or the fairy dust settles just in a little bit you're like no wait hold on but I'll say this there's ebbs and flows within the honeymoon phase and you have to work that. I tell Marshall that all the time. I'm like, I do is not just I do. It's I do every day. It's like I choose you every day. Like Marshall said to me in his wedding vows, he's like, it's not, he said, I, I want to tell you it's not I do, but I will. I'm paraphrasing, but 
as much as I've watched that video, I, I should know that by heart, but what in that he meant is like, I will try every day to make things sparkly and magical. But I also think after all those huge moments passed, finding huge moments in the little things, it's like nothing is ever going to be that fairy dust magic that it was in the beginning. But you'll find the fairy dust magic when the dust settles of the confidence you have in your relationship. And I know that comfortability doesn't sound very sexy when I say that, but what I mean is like I was always a person that was addicted to the butterflies and addicted to all that. Like there was a segment that we did on air a long time ago that was like the butterflies actually aren't good because they, if you only ever have butterflies, it's like that person just basically making you sick and making you have anxiety. And again, I'm not saying that about this couple or my relationship, but I'm saying is like that settled feeling that I felt after becoming his wife and us being a united family and this being my future, I liked that more than like the race of following those butterflies and the honeymoon phase. And if you don't know how to talk about it, maybe just start that conversation. I know that sounds like, okay, thanks, Riley. (laughs) Okay, Confucius says over here, I mean... Sometimes it's like you don't know how to start the conversation. Like you don't know how to start anything. Like you don't know how to start a business, but you want to. You don't know how to start to work out, but you want to. You don't know how to whatever it is. One foot forward. Babe, this might sound ridiculous. I love you. Start the conversation with a compliment maybe because that always worked for Marshall to perk his ears up and get him to listen. And just tell him how you feel because your fighting style Hopefully that won't turn into an argument. You know what I mean? But discussion style, maybe I should say better, is something you're going to have to perfect once you get married. I didn't think that marriage was really going to change much for Marshall and I, but it did. In the best ways, but also in the ways that like navigating each other, when you realize it's forever, you kind of figure out just how much you don't know about that person. And things settle. And sometimes in the worst ways and sometimes in the best ways. Like settling meaning just calm. So maybe it's not so terrible to let go of that honeymoon phase part. The wave will come back. The spark will ignite. Again, it will. But it's not going to be constant like it was, constant euphoria. But I don't know that I want that. Because isn't that like a fairy tale? Like I already did the fairy tale. And I still have the fairy tale, but it's like a chapter. It's not just like, you know, I was watching Little Mermaid with my boys for the first time. Well, Lyric's already seen it, but Malin... Hadn't seen it. And I remember seeing the very end of the movie today as a woman and a, you know, professional and full-blown adult mother of two and wife. I remember being like, this is why I was so messed up in relationships for a while. You know, because Ariel left her whole, like, everything. She changed her whole body. She changed her whole being to become a human. Said bye to her dad. Like, bye, daddy, I love you. And that was it. And, like, they kissed at the end. And that's where it stops. And I think that messes with us a little bit psychologically as people. Like, to think that that euphoria and the end of a Disney movie or whatever is just the end of it. I want to talk to Ariel today. (laughs) I'm not saying it would be bad. I'm just saying it would be interesting. If Disney did some sort of like adult version, (laughs) that would be funny. But yeah, I would say just talk to him. If it's on your mind, because if not, it's going to eat at you, babe. Do it. Um, Tips for feeling like your spouse isn't fully supportive of you when you are for them. That's another one. Like Marshall has always been very supportive of me because of the fact that I set it up that way when we met. 
you know, I was in radio and I basically sat down with him and I was like, you have to be sometimes Mr. Couture. And that sounds really harsh, but you have to, because this is my career. This is my life. This is my passion. This is what makes me, me, everything you love about me is entwined in all of this confidence and, you know, drive and passion and all that. This is what made me who I am. So you have to be supportive of that. You know, is it tough at times? Yeah. Like when I would have to like leave him with the boys or like, you know, I would go to Chicago for conferences and he would stay here like a rock star with the boys. And like, I don't know the whole circumstances of this person's marriage or relationship, but the support or at least the conversation of why they're not supporting you because there might be a reason you're not seeing communication always. And that sounds very elementary again, but it's just like if you start the conversation in a non-combative way saying that you don't feel supported, but you have to back it up with reasons why. You know what I mean? I can't stand that when people start like a, not an accusation, but like a conversation where they're telling me that I'm lacking in something and there's like no examples. Or if you don't have solid examples and it's a feeling, that's okay to say too. Like I feel like you're not as enthusiastic about dot, dot, dot. Can you tell me why that is? Like speaking to them like a friend versus a spouse. And I'm not saying, what up, bro? Hey, bruh, why didn't you support me? No, no, no. I mean, like when you're dating and you're friendly and you're trying to win them over, you speak to them with so much more respect than you do when you know that they're theirs forever. I mean, maybe not everybody. Maybe I'm just jaded and have had some shitty relationships, but coming at them from a different angle of like really putting your soul out there and telling them like, you're the person I want support from. You're the person I want my every triumph and every, you know, failure to be with. So when I'm trying to get to that triumph, I need you to be in my corner because I want you to be there for every time I smile, every time I have a victory and see if that works. Um, are you able to share why you left YMS? I miss hearing you in the mornings. Well, I said that before I did, I didn't leave. I was fired and yeah, like I didn't leave. I miss you too. Like crazy. You know, I cry all the time over that. I cry all the time because I miss radio more than I ever thought I would. Not that I didn't think that I would miss it. I just often said like, I want to do radio until I don't have breath anymore. And you know, I was at the top of my game or so I thought, and it seems like I'm not there. And I don't mean that I don't appreciate you guys listening to this podcast and supporting me in all the ways that you have and lifted me up. But you know, yeah, I miss you guys like, whoa. Um, would you ever consider doing a candle for autism aware this month? Hell yes, I would. Absolutely. I did a lot of work with, um, autism organizations when I was in Atlanta. Um, and I absolutely adored it. It was just the best, most fulfilling time. And I have a lot of friends whose children are on the spectrum. And, you know, I just think that I would love to raise awareness about that in any way that I could. Um, let's talk co-parenting or lack thereof. Good advice on how to deal with not so great co-parent situations. It's hard shielding the kids from it. Yes, it is. And I mean, you guys have noticed that I haven't really talked about that much. You know, I've had my own experiences. And like I always tell you, 
If I can't say it, it's because I legally cannot. But I'll tell you this. If it's in your ability to be a great co-parent, even if it eats your soul, if it's good for the kids, please try to do it. And I'm not saying that if you're in like, um, what do they call it? A high conflict co-parenting situation is what they say, the legal term. Like I'm not saying fold over backwards and eat shit for anybody, you know, that's, you know, biologically connected to your child. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying pick your battles because not every battle is worth it. It's really not. But sometimes those battles that aren't worth it can leave wounds. So I would definitely say without, you know, trying to get in trouble, like if you can prevent it or if you can control a better outcome, even if it eats at you, and I'm not saying after like being like emotionally abused as the co-parent because that is a thing that they like use the kids to get to you. I'm not saying eat shit for that. I'm just saying if there's a way in any way, shape, or form that you can make things lighter, do it. It's worth it. And this is not forever. It's not forever. Um, what started your interest in radio? Um, hmm, I tripped and fell into radio. I've told this story a few times, but when I was in school, I was into cheerleading. I was into drama, gymnastics, beauty pageants. I was a ballerina competitively uh, for 10, not, I wasn't competitive for 10 years, but um, by competitively, I mean like I had to try out for shows later. So professionally, maybe it might be a better word, but I only did one show professionally. Um, so basically I was on a stage my whole life. I did a little bit of singing and I was going to college for sign language interpretation and my mom was sick of my shit because I was, you know, going through a lot of things emotionally and I was very depressed and just really not a go-getter, you know, and I don't know that she realized that at that time, but I was going through just a downward slump and doing nothing with my life because I didn't really know how to deal with the emotions I was going through. And I was masking it with, you know, drinking and going out and just partying all the time not really that different from any other 23-year-old, but I was living in my mom's Ruth and she came home one day and was napping at like 3 p.m. She ripped the covers off of me and she said, you know, you're my daughter. I raised you better than this. If you can't figure out your life in a month, then you got to get the fuck out. <laughs> and she went like two weeks later to go get married to her current husband right now. Um, they've been married for like, whatever, like 17, 19, I don't know, almost 20 years. And... I was like, well, shit, I'd better figure something out. So I went and I got this boo-boo ass like, like internship, but I don't even really know how that would work today. But basically, you know, you, you get this, like it was called Broadcasters Training Network and they hook you up with a radio station. Cause I was like, I don't want to do TV. I, but I want to do something in the entertainment business. And cause I wanted to like, you know, marry all of the things that I had learned through all those years of being on a stage with my profession. So the guy asked me, he's like, well, what, what's a radio station that you would like to be on or that you'd listen to? I was like, well, I really like 93.3 FLC. Little did I know that that was one of the biggest radio stations in the country. Um, but I got an internship there and I fell in love with it the minute that I walked through those doors. Um, that's where I met Kane. If you guys listen to me on the air, like the Kane show, he was my mentor. He was the one that taught me how to radio. 
He taught me how to work a board. He taught me, I don't want to say everything I know because there's a lot of years in between there that I kind of had to do it on my own, but he gave me my start. That's where I met Toby. He is also one of my greatest mentors, Toby Knapp. Shout out to you, Tobias. Um, It was the first thing in my life that I really, really, really tried for. And by that, I mean I was kind of good at a lot of things. Like I was really good at ballet. I just never tried. I was really, really, really good at a lot of things, but I was, I don't know, lazy the word or just not interested or whatever, you know, like radio, the radio bug bit me and I never wanted to let it go. It was the thing that saved me from a very different life. It was the thing that I, for the very first time, said I will not fail at this. And I miss it every day. Um, still close with, uh, nope, no, I am not. Still not, I'm not close with that, that person at all. Um, if you had a day completely to yourself, what would you do? I don't even know. Oh my God. Because like when you're a mother of two and you like go through this like crazy spiral of like being, go, 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 go. And then you have a day to do nothing. It's like your mind is still in 17 different places and it's hard to switch it off. But if I was able to do that, I would want to go in the morning to work out, like do a hot yoga class, like a different workout than I normally do just to make it special. Cause I love hot yoga, but the one that I love, Bikram Yoga in Rockville, the times I can't ever really make them cause it's like 45 minutes away. And I need that good hot yoga that you just sweat and you stink to the heavens, you smell like an onion when you leave there. I would do that and then I would go get a really good lunch somewhere by myself and then maybe a pedicure and a massage because I got like 48 hours and 24 hours, right? Um, and then I would go somewhere I hadn't been that was quiet, whether that's like a hiking thing or like a trail or something somewhere like that. I didn't have any memories, so I couldn't like overthink anything or like I used to always have think spots in cities that I would go to. Like when I was single and I didn't have any money and I, the dating situation sucked or I was going through a breakup, I would have think spots throughout the places I would go like anywhere that was quiet that I could go think. I think I would find a new think spot one day. I'll get that day. Um, what is one thing skill you wish you had or could learn? I wish I could have been like a better singer. I can carry a tune, but I wish I could be like a full on like pink-esque singer. I always wanted that. And I think I was like kind of good back in the day. Like I took singing lessons and they're like, you know, if you really tried at this, then you could have been really good. But, you know, I, again, <laughs> never tried so hard at anything until radio. Um... What's your favorite color and your least favorite color? Gray is my favorite. Least favorite's orange. And I really don't like the color pink, even though pink is my favorite. I, I don't like the color pink. What advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Oh, God. I actually need to find the video that we did when we were on air in Atlanta when we wrote letters to our 17-year-old self. I would tell her, love you more first. He is not worth it. You need to love you 
before anybody else can love you. And be patient for your perfect person, life, outcome. Because no matter how much you're longing for that one thing that you'll think you'll die without right now or that one guy, there's something better out there. And not just in love, in everything. The places you're going to go, the people you're going to meet, the experiences you're going to have are so much larger than your little eyes can see. And you think you're grown now, but just wait. And you were never really scared of shit. But you should be scared of one thing. You should be scared of losing yourself to people that don't matter. Be aware of the people that just want you for a moment, a time to get something from you. Don't give away your sparkle so much. And by that I mean pieces of your heart because you won't get those back. Definitely love you more because it's going to take you a long time if you keep going on this road to learn that. And trust me, it's worth it. Y'all, that one got me a little in my thoughts and my feelings here. But I like that. I like those kinds of questions. I like that. I've just been reflecting on a whole lot of shit. <laughs> um, pregnancy advice. Okay, well, that, that, that depends on what you're talking about. Like, um, well, one, ginger candies. Ginger candies. They're nasty, but they are a really good way to get rid of puking or at least you know, preventing it for five minutes. <laughs> what am I talking about? Malin, there was no, there was no hope, but that helped. Goldfish are life. Um, I hated being pregnant, full disclosure. I did a whole podcast about it. I hated it both times. Lyric was really, you know, and don't, don't, don't at me or roll your eyes. Not everybody loves being pregnant. Um, there were pockets of it that were great. Like I really liked feeling the first movements and like, you know, the first couple of months of seeing my belly grow, my boobs got way too fucking big. Um, but in the way of body changes, I would say, like, don't, like, embrace that part if you can. I didn't really ever, like, hate my body being pregnant per se. Um, I found unique ways to not do just, like, maternity wear. Like, they have some really cute maternity wear out there. But, like, eight years ago when Lyric was born, I was just like, I refuse uh, if you can for a while, instead of buying maternity, cause they're more ex- expensive than regular clothes, go to Ross TJ Maxx Marshalls and get cheaper pairs of the same jeans you wear. Just size up a couple, get longer shirts in the front <laughs> and do that little like, um, rubber band trick. I put all of my pregnancy faves up on my Instagram at Riley Couture. Um, because I had some really good, like little ways to like figure out fashion and stuff like that. But definitely like embrace your body changing because it's going to change. Um, and stretch marks. So a lot of people are like, oh, Riley, you didn't 
get any stretch marks. You're so lucky. Da, da, da. I guess like stretch marks, if you're going to get them, like it's kind of like a genetic thing. You're genetically predisposed to them if you're really going to get them. But the other thing that I did to help prevent maybe further, because like I don't have dark stress marks, but I do have white ones that you guys just kind of can't see unless you're like real close up. I've got them all over my boobs. Um, there was a really, really good um, pregnancy lotion called Mama Mio that I loved because I didn't want to go to bed like a slathered pig, but I was definitely rubbed down on that shit. Get yourself a U pillow because it's very uncomfortable to sleep. Um, on your like in any position really and it like it's a pillow that like goes around your head and then to the sides of you like I loved that thing because it gave me support because I am a side sleeper I can't sleep on my back um what else pregnancy advice oh have a birth plan birth plan and I know that doctors know best but with Lyric when I went in I was like I do not want a c-section I will do anything that the baby needs but I was a single mom and my mom was only coming for like seven days that first week. And I had an upstairs and down house. There was no like buddy to take care of me at all. Nobody. So it was like, I was like, I don't want surgery. I can't recover that way. I have to be able to move. So if possible, I need to do anything I can to have this baby vaginally or like traditionally. And we were at the hospital and they were like, okay, we need to do an emergency C-section. I'm like, wait a minute, what? I've been in labor. What? Like we have been pushing for five seconds. Um, but they're like the cord is so, like, I think I was very, very drugged up at this time. Um, the cord was wrapped around his neck or I don't think that's what it was. There was just something obstructing his breathing. And they're like, well, we got to do it now. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? And they were like ready. And I'm just like, no, you didn't even give him a chance to push him out. And they're like, okay, well, if you're going to push, then you need to get him out in like five minutes. I was like, let's fucking go. 10 pushes, 10 minutes later, he was out. And the doctor looked at me and went, when I was done, she looks at me, she goes, are you impressed with yourself? Because I am. And I was like, well, yeah. I, I I wanted this baby to be born vaginally, and I knew that it was precarious that I get him out, so I got him out. And I also would just say, like, I really wanted the skin to skin, and I kept asking for it, and, like, I guess it, they had to, like, clear out his nose and everything. I just felt very, like, dazed in all of it. Like, I didn't have someone there. Like, my mom was there to hold my hand, but she's not the person to, like, get in there and, like, argue with medical professionals or whatever. Like, she's kind of very passive in that sense. Um, write it down. Know it. Know what you want to do, and also just ask the questions. Obviously, don't delay, like, getting oxygen to your child in any way, shape, or form or anything like that, but, like, I know that doctors know best, but for me, I just, I found out later that like the place where I gave birth to him, even though it was a phenomenal hospital, they're like the C-section capital of Georgia. Like basically any little thing goes wrong, whether it's like you can push or not, C-section right away. So know your birth plan, um, know what you want, know what's possible, you know, know how to advocate for yourself. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely get all of your maternity stuff like squared away, ask the questions. Because when I was going through both of my pregnancies, like the first time around, I didn't know how to set up any of that. And then I didn't. And because you have to have, um, what is it called? Full, you have to have like disability. And I didn't have disability insurance because it was like something I was like, yeah, okay, I'm not going to get like, nothing's going to happen to me. Because I didn't have that, I didn't have like, I didn't get paid. I didn't get paid. I, I was only able to take, I think, four weeks my first time because I wasn't getting paid. <laughs> so 
make sure that's all squared away before you leave for maternity leave. And also take the damn leave. Take it if you can. I understand there's certain situations that you can't. But the second time around, I definitely could have taken that time. Like financially, I was okay and I didn't. I regret that because I thought I, you know, had to be the voice behind the mic and it was so important that I was there and, you know, yeah, like I, I wanted to be there for everyone and my team and give it my all no matter what and show and prove that I was, I was, you know, the one that we got this and I, you know, it doesn't matter what life throws at me. And I honestly, I did. I went back and killed it. Our ratings went up and everything was great until it wasn't. And now looking at it, there's nothing worth that time because I gave it all up for what? That special time that I could have had to bond with my baby, to help with postpartum depression that I went into spirals because of it, because I never gave myself a second to heal. And, you know, I stopped pumping because I couldn't do it with the work schedule. And, you know, later on, others in my same situation got to take off 30 minutes a day for that, you know, and I'm not saying they wouldn't have given me that if I had, I asked for it, but I never, I guess I didn't really want to ask for that because I wanted to be the, we got this girl. And Take the time if you can and cherish every second because that cliche shit that they say goes by really fast and it does because all of a sudden I have like this monstrous little toddler that I love so much and an almost eight-year-old like what the fuck good questions this week you guys love it all righty now on to my second favorite part of this podcast um my fave five so this week I did the stuff the stuff that I'm obsessed with is de-puffing stuff for your face because I've been like a damn puffer fish. Like when you have a lot of cortisol, a lot of like stress hormone in your body, I'm just a puffy, puffy bitch. Like my face, my hands, my feet, everything. So my face though, especially I get very puffy and my eyeballs and it just, I look terrible when I wake up in the morning. So I find stuff to de-puff it. This is one that I found off of like a dude influencer that's a makeup artist on TikTok. So it's Arnicare gel. So this is actually supposed to be like a gel for like sore muscles or bruises or cuts. It's plant powered. There's no fragrance in it. It's $7.95 on Amazon. So basically it's been around for like 200 years topical. Like, so it just go, you rub it into the skin. Um, I guess the way that it works is it's just supposed to ease the puffiness in the muscles, which therein works for your under eyes. And oh my God, this stuff works. Like if I'm having a puffy day I just like, and I have to do makeup, especially like I'll put that underneath and it doesn't cake. Love that. Um, these are all from Amazon, by the way. Um, an ice roller. I know this is not me reinventing the wheel by telling you guys about that. There's a lot of expensive one out there, but I find doesn't matter like what name brand it is. Five forty nine on Amazon right now. So I guess the way that like the ice roller works, it's got like these gel beads, and of course you freeze it, duh. But they it firms up the skin because I guess. This, it like eliminates, what does it say? Um, when you put it in there, it ends up like igniting the blood vessels because it's cold, so they all rush to the face. So it gets rid of the puffiness and it, like you can put it in there for 10, 15 minutes and 
you can remove the like ice part about it. Oh, and they also say you can put like your favorite essential oils underneath, like would before you put the roller on because it helps the skin to absorb it better. And I just like the way it feels. It wakes me up in the morning. Um, and then gua sha. I actually have a video that's in my um real drafts that I've been meaning to put up forever. I love this. So gua sha, I hope I'm saying that right, is just like the art of like gently scraping this tool that like has grooves in it to carve out like your cheeks or carve out like puffiness as well. And you snatch your face. Basically what it does is like all of the um lymph node drainage. That's what happens when you wash on your neck, your face, like around your ears. And there's like methods to do it. But there's this one, it's lymphatic drainage massager is what it says. Um, and a jawline exerciser. Okay. Um, but it's $6.99, but it's a stainless steel one. So it gets colder than, I happen to like like my rose quartz or my jade ones, but this one gets colder than most of them. So I'm into that. Um, these eye patches that I found on Amazon, they're, how do you say this? Ucasi? O-U-O-C-A-S-I. Marine collagen eye patches. There's 12 pairs in this pack. It's 10 bucks. So they're moisturizing. They're gel. Like I don't like the ones that are super thin gel either. They have to be a little bit thicker. They slide right off my face. And then it's just like slimy and it doesn't do anything. But I like these ones because the marine, whatever the collagen eye gel patches do me really well. And if you don't like those, the golden eye patches, there's this like these snail ones that I really like. Snail mucin is what's gotten it. Really good. And last but never least, there's the 3D face roller. So this looks like two little balls. And yes, I mean those balls on a roller, but it's got like divots in it. So when you roll it across the face, it's also like massaging your face. So the idea with gua sha, what I was telling you before, is like the idea is to get that red flushness to your face because that's not how you know, like the blood vessels are coming to the surface or whatever and it's doing its job but this one just gets in there deeper like especially if you get that extreme puffiness and you don't have super sensitive skin this is yellows and it's $14.99 so it's not the cheapest I'm sure there's cheaper ones out there but this is the one I really liked on um Amazon because it's actually jade in the rollers I am down again I'm gonna put all of these up on my Instagram at really Riley podcast and as per use, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you hanging out through all of that um, Vanderpump Rules stuff and, you know, for just keeping me talking into a mic. I love your guys' questions. I love your guys' creativity. And I love your guys' critiques, too. So as per usual, DMs and the emails are always open. Um, Riley Couture is my regular Instagram, Really Riley Podcast. Any other one of those you want to hit up. Um, House of W by Riley. House of W by, yes, sorry. House of W by Riley's. That's the candle one. If you guys want to get any of those 23 is my year to be Jordan candles or the who want this smoke candle or any of those, or I'm about to put up the, we got this cups that I kind of soft launched on Instagram last week. You guys are loving them. And I love that. You can text me at 410-604-8895. And then the email, I think I gave it up before, but I'll do it again. Really Riley podcast at gmail.com. And then Friday, I'm very excited because I have Mama Alice on the podcast again. I'm going to talk about having a sexy mom, even at damn near 70. Um, but I, I want to go into a few things because somebody once asked me, like, how are your sons someday? I hate her said this. How are your sons going to feel someday when they see you doing half naked photos? Well, I'll fucking tell you about it. 
And not that my mom ever did have naked photos, but I'll tell you how I felt about her being a sexy mom and still being a sexy mom as a grandmother times four. Love you guys. I will talk to you on Friday. It's really Riley.